0: Hello and welcome to an end of year special James Bond and friends. This week James Bond was chatting to MI6 doctor Sir James Maloney and learned that misophonia is a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or psychological responses such as nails on a chalkboard, chewing, dentist drills, or Stacey Sutton in an elevator. (laughs) 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 So I'm your host, film host James Page from MI6, and joining us for this end of year special is Ben, Bill, David, and Lisa. Would you like to introduce yourself, guys?
1: I'd love to. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. Uh, this is Ben Williams. I write for MI6 Confidential Magazine and MI6HQ.com.
2: Hello, I'm Bill Koenig. I run the blog called The Spy Command.
3: David Lee here, and I run the James Bond dossier.com.
4: And I'm Dr. Lisa Funnel. I'm the author of the geographies, genders, and geopolitics of James Bond, editor of For His Eyes Only: The Women of James Bond, and host of License to Critique, a podcast exploring gender in the world of James Bond and beyond.
0: Awesome. Well, 2020, I think it's fair to say, it's been a pretty terrible year for almost everybody on the planet, um, <laughs> including <laughs> including uh, people who keep track of the films' release. <laughs> right, Bill. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, with all this uh, kind of like despair and just general crap in 2020, I thought we should focus on some good things. Um, the chinks of light um, as we look back on 2020 and pull up like what our highlights of the year were um, beyond all of the, the, the news in the real world. And then also look forward to 2021 and um, things that are New Year's resolutions for 2021. So would anybody like to Go first as a, a personal
2: highlight, small or big, from like the Bond world in 2020. I can go. Um, MI6HQ asked me to work on a uh, publication about John Glenn and Octopussy. And as a result, I had the chance to do a 70 plus minute phone interview with John Glenn and, uh, the old, you know, the oldest living surviving bond director, which was quite a highlight for my year. Uh, I know it's, um, you know, this kind of stuff is old hat to, uh, the MI six regulars, but, you know, I never had a chance to do it. And I learned all sorts of things about that film. And, uh, I hope everybody who, uh, gets that publication, um, uh, enjoys it because i i think it turned out pretty well but uh and i'm not saying it turned out well because of me i'm just but it was certainly a highlight of my career in terms of james bond related experiences
0: yeah and john was pretty happy with it too so he signed some for us when we put out the new year and we're gonna do one or two more with him next year and one or two more of his films so sounds good we'll see how that goes yeah
1: well i i mean i'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I'm sure that each of us here will echo um, but for me this year the bond highlight um, has really been uh doing doing the watch along episodes and being part mm-hmm. of the the podcast as a whole um, but particularly the watch alongs not only um do i feel like i've i've got to know my uh fellow watch alongers uh much better um and you consider you all to be very good friends now um i also feel like i've got a richer understanding of the bond films which i probably would not have had without without going through it um I feel like the insights that everybody brought um, informed and enriched my, my, uh, my pleasure and my viewing experiences of the films. And, uh, you know, certainly in this time when we've all been so very isolated, uh, it's not just, you, you know, for, for the audience that, to give them something, but um, also for us, you know, to have that Something to look forward to, um, you know. This regular sit down to watch these these films with you guys has been uh, it's been a real highlight, um, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that for anything. So uh, thank you to all of you uh, for, for um, letting that happen, making that happen, and particularly James for um you know for hosting and, and and making it all
0: come to fruition. No worries. I'm going to be stepping down. Paul's going to be taking over next time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Does Paul know that?
0: <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but just to echo you, Ben, I'd like to I'd like to thank everybody for ta- for investing their time in these. It's been absolutely fantastic this year, and we which started off as a what should we do next week just off the cuff thing turned into this big juggernaut, didn't it? Mm. Which is often how the best ideas start.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll echo what what Ben said. It's it's been has been really, really, uh, good fun, particularly d- doing those. And, uh, it's, yeah, it, and it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's given us all some focus in some very, very difficult times and it's, uh, you know, it's some kind of friendly voices and sometimes faces, uh, on a, for me, Friday night. So uh, that's, uh, that's good. I'm not saying that my wife uh, doesn't have a friendly face as well.
5: You don't
0: have to make an appointment to see her, though, do you?
3: Yeah, I I struggled to think of um, other highlights. I I, I guess. One thing I would say is when they first, I don't know if, I don't know if you really want me to go here, but go there. But, uh, when, uh, no time to die was uh, postponed back in March. It, it wasn't, uh, a feeling of, um, elation or anything. It was just a huge sense of relief that they were, uh, doing mm-hmm. the right thing. Cause I, I wasn't convinced at that time that anybody would actually take, uh, any serious action. And, uh, and, well, it's debatable how how much governments have. But um...
1: I think it was the right thing to do. Yes. And I think it's, it, um, like you say, it wasn't something that we were like, oh, great, they're not showing it now. But it, it did make you – I echo that entirely, David, that sense of like, oh, thank God they're doing and, – and in a lot of ways, um, I you know, I was very sad because I was thinking I'd be going back to the UK, I'd be seeing all of you guys, I'd be ma- meeting Phil – um there was a lot of things that were there to look forward to um so it's not like it was the result that we necessarily wanted but no, was I, I, right. I,
3: I was I, I was looking forward i was looking forward to meeting everybody again or okay. meeting people for the first time at the the mi6 mm. event and and so on that was uh mm. that was something that was that i, I was massively looking forward to but uh, um you know, if there's no way that could have happened in the end because because of the lockdowns. Um, mm. And also, say pers- personally, the highlight of the year, uh, and it's the only real highlight I can think of, uh, was when w- when my wife and I both got negative COVID tests. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's, <pretty good. laughs> that's, a, that's a good highlight.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah that, that was that was something. Uh, apart from that, it's
2: been pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and if I may, and this isn't to, uh, uh, I just, well, I just want to say both James and David, you guys did go out on a limb or so it seemed at the time. And it was like perfectly understandable what you had to say back in March when you did that open letter and you got a lot of crap and, um, and you know what? And it's even after it got delayed and, Covid was as serious as everybody had said it would be. You still got crap because, well, yeah, well, that's true. It's serious, but they st- it still wasn't their right to say it. Like, okay, good grief, but okay.
3: In, in, in fact, Fine. one of the funny things, Bill, is we got crap uh, back uh, before they they announced the second delay because we didn't do another letter.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh. Such is life. Such is
0: life. I think you. that's the damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how about you, Lisa?
4: Hmm. Well, I would say the highlight for me has been, especially in the time of COVID and being stuck in my house in Oklahoma, feel free to Google Oklahoma and coronavirus just to see how, what a stellar job we're doing by not doing anything <laughs> with the coronavirus. Um, but I've had the opportunity to reach out beyond myself. And on the one hand, this podcast has been such a great lifeline for me to be able to reach out and share my passion of bond Um with a group of fellow commentators who have embraced me as a woman, as a feminist, um, who have respected and appreciated my ideas. And in many cases have echoed my sentiments. I love being able to sit back and listen to, you know, all of you talk about, you know, different aspects of these films. And it's all about learning and growing. And that I would go beyond this podcast to say that I've had the opportunity to engage with the Bond fan community almost like for the first time in my, my, my life, I've never felt part of a community or a fan community beforehand. Most of my, my cinematic watching is, is done in private. I like watching movies at at home. Um, It's something I cultivated with, with my dad. Uh, So I like home movie uh, viewing and I've, I've never really had a lot of people sort of connect with my fandom. People think that what I do is cool, but I've never been part of a fan community. And this year I've you know taking the risk and and really put myself out there and whether I've done watch alongs on Twitter or engaged with people on Instagram I've really felt at home with this community that has been so warm and welcoming and that has really defied the stereotypes of what a Bond fan or what Bond fandom is. And I've learned so much and I've engaged so much. And I will give a shout out to on Instagram, Ladies Who Bond. Um, Joslyn Sia hosted uh, the first Ladies Who Bond event and I was the keynote speaker, but I was able to interact with a bunch of women from around the world who were James Bond fans. And it's, the first time I've ever done that. I've had the opportunity to engage with amazing women who are scholars. So Claire Hines and Monica Germana, Stephanie Jones and so forth. Like there's Luella Burton, oh, she she married James Chapman, Luella Chapman. (laughs) Um, And I've had the opportunity in my sort of professional life to engage one-on-one with women, but to be there in like a Zoom call full of women who are just passionate and oozing passion about Bond is something that I actually won't forget. And it's something that's going to influence me to do a paper. I know I'm so tired, but I'm going to do a paper on like (laughs) women fandom of James Bond through those types of connections that I've made. And so- this year has really been in, in a time where I feel so isolated and closed. It has actually been a time of of such openings and new beginnings for me professionally, intellectually, but also like in terms of my passion, so in terms of my heart. And so I'm just so incredibly grateful to James for and Paul for inviting me on this podcast. To everybody who's interviewed me, super grateful. But to every fan who has reached out to me in any way, shape or form, thank you so much for taking the risk and connecting with me because sometimes it's risky to reach out, but just know that I'm, I'm here with you and I'm walking with you. And if you're alone this holiday season, we here on James Bond and friends, we're, we're here with you, talking with you, laughing with you, um, and, and sort of embracing the new year with you. Very hopeful for what, what the future has to hold for, for James Bond. So yeah.
0: That's wonderful. That's 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 wonderful. that's, That's what I feel. That's wonderful, Lisa. And and I posted on Twitter earlier, um, you know, what people's highlights were. The overwhelming, you know, most common response was getting more involved in the fan community Mm -hmm. in 2020. I think some of it, people had more time in their hands. They were stuck at home. They weren't doing what they normally do that takes up their free time. So, um, yeah, the overwhelming response was getting more involved in the community. And I think one of the highlights for me in 2020 was seeing diversity with a lowercase d in the voices of in the fan community online, because let's be honest, it was a bunch of the same folks for so long, myself included. Um, and now we've got people popping up who never engaged with other people before. Now they've got their own blog or their own Instagram Mm -hmm. or their own podcast or something. And we're getting way more interesting voices coming into the fan community. And there's all these little side groups popping up. Um, Mm -hmm depending on your different niche and your different interests. So I think that's been the thing that's really blossomed in 2020 online, despite, you know, the film not coming out, which is usually, that's usually the catalyst for getting people to talk again. Is is,
3: is there anybody we should be looking at then?
0: No, stick to James Bond and friends, nothing else (laughs) matters.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Stay listening to us.
0: (laughs) Um, some other ones that came up on our Twitter replies was um <laughs> Brosnan's Goldeneye watch along was a highlight of 2020 because <laughs> um, <laughs> he responded to a lot of questions from the fan community that wrote in mm. um so a lot of people had their question directly answered mm. by the man yeah so for a lot of people that was a highlight yeah my friend my friend Nick uh, got his um his question um,
1: answered and that was quite a nice I think that was a very nice moment for for, for him to have that to have Brosnan sort of say or attempt to say his name so that was quite good (laughs)
0: um another common thread i'm seeing is people doing their own marathons with you know whether it's friends or with family or maybe with their kids or their spouse or something and kind of rediscovering the series with some new people and introducing some new fans um Mm -hmm. whilst we're all stuck at home I that think it's been nice too. to,
1: you know, like I, I know Lisa was doing a, um, her her kind of watch watch along hashtag, um, Twitter uh, watches and I, you know, uh, separate to 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 these watch alongs that we've been doing, and I've been dipped, I dipped my toe, in there occasionally, and even without having the the film on, you're kind of vicariously experiencing mm-hmm. it through through these kind of responses, and it's always nice to kind of, you know, occasionally just sort of. Yeah, it's 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 just like sort of um, passing a group of people and just throwing in a kind of a an odd comment. It's uh, it's been quite nice to, to do All that. I don't know if you,
0: if you have the same memories of me as, as Ben growing up in the UK as a kid and like on Easter Sunday or something, or there'd be or a bank holiday Monday there'd be a Bond film on ITV, and then you mm. go to school the next day. I
1: think I that's think, what
0: everybody was talking yeah. about, and I, I think, think we're like we've kind of got a little bit of that back. Mm.
1: I think that uh, encapsulates Mark. Uh, Mark O'Connell's whole kind of energy. Yeah, I know
0: I summed uh, up his book in five seconds. But yeah, <laughs> essentially,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Mark kind of, uh, Mark's the embodiment of, of uh, British Bond kind of growing up as a kid in that um, environment and I think, um, but it's, it's it's 100% true. It's it's kind of, it runs through you like, um, like a stick of rock. You know, you, you slice any of us up, up at a certain age and it's just got a bond written through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and i think that um those those christmases those bank holidays because you know and, and it's the early days of having you know uh, video recorders as well mm-hmm. uh you, you know you you would you would be sitting there you tape the thing and there'd be commercials and you'd have to time it so that you could edit out the commercials and stuff and um and then rewatch it later. I think, you know, that they're intrinsically tied to our kind of nostalgia and it's and it's what this is doing, what this these watch alongs through the pandemic are doing are uniting us in many ways in, in the same way that um, it did in our in our childhood. So, yeah, I think it's a very positive thing
4: can I though say something about James Bond and Christmas? Because my mom was asking me what our topic was today. And I said, Oh, we're, you know, it's sort of like our holiday special end of the year. And she's like, James Bond is a Christmas movie. And I explained to her about honor, majesty, secret service and there's Christmas trees and stuff. But like when you think about Christmas time and getting together with family, I know in the UK that it was a staple. It was on the television. It was part Mm -hmm. of, of your heritage. And I don't know, growing up, I, I couldn't tell you if it was on Canadian stations, but I can tell you right now that there are stations playing marathons of James Bond films. And oh. it's something that people can come together with. It's, it's, these are classic films. They bring up a lot of nostalgia. And so families do come together and they watch movies at Christmas time. Some of them are holiday movies, but you get to the point where you've seen enough holiday movies that you need something else, right? You need that variety in your mm-hmm. life. And James Bond has always really been for a lot of families that staple. It is a holiday staple. It might not not all the films or your favorite films might not have Christmas elements or snow chases. Come on, if it has a snow chase in it, it's a Christmas movie. Um <laughs> <laughs> at least in my opinion um I, i'm from canada okay you know you need to make the the best out of snow everything's festive we should we but, should make a
0: super cut james bond film for you lisa where it's just all the snow sequences oh,
4: i would love you forever if you did that <laughs> anyone who wants to send it to me oh my gosh we could do a walk along to that Anyways, <laughs> but i just want to throw out there that you know these are films that are that are You wouldn't think James Bond is family oriented, but so many families have oriented themselves around Bond and so many parents and children or siblings or friends. Sometimes your family is biological and sometimes your your family is chosen, have come together and watched James Bond and gotten the feels through it. Mm. And so I think it's just really important to recognize that the way that pop culture and specifically this franchise really brings people together. And so I'm glad you sort of highlighted that, Ben, this, this, this sort of these, these experiences from your, your childhood. But for those of us who have grown up outside of the UK, it's also part of our childhood watching, mm-hmm. um, as well. And so Bond films around the holiday season, just sort of give, give me the feels.
3: Uh, Cause uh, just, um- a couple of things that, that I'd like to, to add. One is that um, Mark O'Connell's book is fantastic, Catch, Catching Bullets. I remember reading it on the beach, and I, I was crying with laughter while I was reading it. Um, <laughs> it's very, very yeah. funny. It's, it's very good. Um, the, the other was that uh, about um, watching the, the films on TV. I remember – i I've got the feeling it was uh, from Russia with Love rather than Dr. No, and is the first – screening on british tv and in those days we only have had three channels and uh and they showed it on a sunday night and i i was about 10 or 11 something like that and i remember going into school i was at primary school at the at the time and every kid in the class had seen it and uh we were just talking about it and Mm -hmm. just just it it was just kind of manic just all these kind of excited kids because they'd seen bond on tv the night before
0: did, the only did, person did hadn't... any of them bring their did any of them bring their dad's briefcase to school
3: <laughs> maybe i did
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um but the, the and funny the only person who hadn't seen it uh, was the teacher <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's funny you should say this, the, the briefcase, uh, James, because, uh, I got the opportunity to have it like a, a school satchel, but I chose a briefcase.
2: Because of right. so yeah.
1: <laughs> well,
2: just if, if I can just awesome memory in, in terms of watching James Bond movies on TV in those days for us old guys who, uh, didn't be in those pre-video recorder days. Like mm-hmm. you put a tape recorder in front of the TV, and you like shushed your family, quiet,
5: quiet, and
2: <laughs> you like so you did an audio recording off the TV, and then like you know, obviously not as good as watching the movie, but you could like play back the audio and kind of relive the experience. So wow. uh, that that happened in the seventies uh, when Bond first went on to TV, at least here in the U.S. Because I know other people besides me did that.
0: Yes, <laughs> and and for other things in media, that is sometimes the only recording that exists now. Some broadcasts, Wow, yeah. and like because, Doctor Who episodes and stuff from the because
2: I did an audio recording of that notorious ABC edited Her Majesty's Secret Service thing where they had the <laughs> where they where they totally edited the beginning of the movie with the voiceover guy playing you know saying my name is bond james bond and like because you see the gun barrel you go into the middle of the ski chase and then you hear this voiceover guy is clearly not george lazenby like i had an audio recording and then the tape self-destructed not exactly but it got tangled up how rare (laughs) that
5: is (laughs) yeah yeah
4: But in many ways, our watch-along podcasts are kind of in that vein, right? There are a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they're not watching the movie. They're listening to us talk while they're working, while they're working out, while they're traveling, commuting to their jobs. And so we are in some ways contributing to that sort of tradition where they're is a visual text somewhere, but we are the voices sort of talking and describing. We're not the actual narrative itself. And it's interesting because I've always wondered, I took a, uh, in grad school, I took a course and there was a student who was visually impaired and she was in this course on Hitchcock. And I was always fascinated by her readings of Hitchcock because she wasn't seeing the films, but she was writing on, in a sense, what she was hearing. She was writing on the descriptions that she was getting. And I always thought, like, this is a voice we need in academia um, to be engaging with the text, um, as so many people do, but just from a different perspective. And so I think it's really fascinating that we can offer this this verbal, vocal commentary um, that harkens back to this to the time. Even I just recently watched A Christmas Carol. For the first time ever, um, and I was like, "Woo, 1983!" Uh, but seeing you know the children listening to like the TV programs, right, where there's 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 action and adventure, and to me, I feel as though like podcasting harkens back to that. Mm. Point in time and being an entertainment form um, that's not radio based, it's not necessarily musical based, but it's information based. And I don't know, sometimes culture is cyclical. History certainly is cyclical. And I feel as though during this pandemic, even at the time when we are in this hyper visual media uh, context that we're living in, like the most visual media context ever. You, you have phones and computers and there's ads everywhere. You're constantly bombarded by visual information, but people are choosing to tune out the visual and focus in on the audio. And I think that that's just a really fascinating uh, development that's really come out. I mean, podcasts were before COVID. I know that, but podcasts have really picked up with people producing it and listening to them during the coronavirus and opting for the audio rather than the visual.
1: But the but it just to come back to something that you know the experience of bomb bomb films being um, uh, unifying essentially, but one of the things that kind of you know we should sort of touch on within that is how they unify you know different age groups as mm-hmm. as, as well, and I think about you know the ability that I would have to sit down with my dad who who was in his seventies, um, and have that same touchstone you know in in a in a bomb movie. And knowing that there are people who are in their teens who also um, watch these films, and I think what what it enables us to do, especially in a time where everybody is feeling so isolated, is mm-hmm. is to not just uni- unify sort of Bond fans, but across a spectrum of of, of ages and, and generations as well. And I think that's one of the the, the great strengths of the, the Bond series is, is that its ability to do that and, and it doesn't matter if, if it's you know um, what your what your age or your gender is really you can find something to to enjoy in in the films and I think that's what's what's great about it and hopefully what um, our our desire to kind of uh, look behind the curtain as well a little bit is also um, something, that, um, something allow, that, that intrigues people when they listen to these, these podcasts. Because I think, and I said this this before, what, what I think is really great is that everybody is bringing a unique perspective and a unique knowledge um, to these watch alongs that allow people to kind of see, even even the people who would, even myself included in doing this, is learning these new things that, you know, that each of us is bringing along. Um, so I think that's what's one of the reasons why it's so, uh, so entertaining. People yeah, and I
4: like your point about like transgenerational fandom. And I think that in my own work, I have the opportunity to teach young students. So I get in touch with the younger generations and their thoughts and their feelings. And then I also talk to my dad and not to plug another podcast, but I did do an episode where I interview my dad where we talk about Bond just to give a sense of what it's like. And many of you have done this with your own families, you know, what it's like to talk to a fan who is 80 years old and and what his thoughts and feelings are on the changing uh, dimensions or the evolution of, of the series. And when we think about the fact that this is a franchise that is touching, you know, new fans who are. You know, some of them being introduced in their childhood. But, you know, those who have, say, a disposable income, those who are going to be in their teens. And it extends all the way up to people who are seniors, right? Who were there, who went to go see the first James Bond films in theaters. Like, this is an amazing franchise that really covers such a, a wide generation of of, of, of fans. And then it, it sort of shows how complicated then it is to keep this franchise going. How do you please and incorporate or invite in the younger generations while maintaining um, the older generations as well? And it's a really complicated process. And I don't think that it's easy running the James Bond franchise. And I think that sometimes as fans, we might overlook the fact that just because we have our own ideas and preferences, this is a franchise that really has to speak to a lot of people. And just to sort of touch back to the idea of the vocal and intimacy, just a point that was made, I, I think it may have been either Bill or David. Um, one of the things that I do is I listen to audiobooks not just because I, I like listening to audiobooks, but because I live alone and I feel really bad for my dog who only has to listen to me every moment of every day. We have conversations. They're just completely one-sided. Um, I sing to him. He just looks at me like, what are you doing, woman? Uh, is, is there a treat involved? But one of the reasons why I like podcasts and I like audiobooks is that they fill the space right? At a time when we cannot interact with each other face-to-face or have the same type of socialization and discourse, we have this audio content that's able to literally fill that space. And there is something to be said about the intimacy that comes through it. There's a different connection that you can make because when you're conversing with somebody, you're simply listening to what they have to say. Maybe you're looking at body language, audio clues, but it's not There's no pyrotechnics in the background. I don't know who who you're speaking with, but usually people don't have like lights going on and guns being shot. I live in Oklahoma, maybe that'll happen. But, you know, I feel as though it better (laughs) stimulates like the the type of social contact that I am not able to have on a daily basis. And so I think there's something to be said about the way that podcasts are filling that that social gap. So I think I've gone everywhere with my comments. So there you go, panel.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, I just wanted to say that for a time, not recently, but there was a time I kind of wondered about could Bond transfer to a younger audience, and then I discovered, yeah, it had, mm-hmm. and one of the leading examples, and he's not here today, of course, is Calvin Dyson with his uh, YouTube channel, and it's just like I always like I always enjoy watching those videos. Even if I don't agree with what he says, the fact that a younger generation has been engaged mm. I think is great. And he's and been doing the
3: videos for 10 years as well. Yeah.
2: I know. It's That's amazing. It's like I'm a latecomer to, to Calvin Dyson videos. Um,
1: yeah. Which must have meant they somehow like
2: in utero managed to get him. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: It does seem yeah. like that. Well, yeah.
2: uh, I will avoid the specifics, but a uh, author of a James Bond related book saw how many uh, hits one of his videos got and was like very frustrated. And he was like ranting on Facebook about it. And again, no specifics. It's like they should be like buying my book. Like, well, and <laughs> at, at, at that point, I. Why don't you do a video, mate? <laughs> well, I, well actually he does but anyway but, but, well anyway at that point i i said okay i don't want to get into a fight with the guy but i've got to defend calvin because like I, I i i have interactions with calvin's so like don't i can't let calvin. this go by so i said no calvin does not call himself an expert he it's a fan series of videos and so yeah and you know it's like they're entertaining. He's developed a following. That's how it happens. I loved it at that. And I'd
3: also say Calvin is about the most modest person I've ever met in my uh, life.
2: Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I, I have to say, one of the you know one of the the delights of um, doing the, the podcast with Calvin is just that. Um, yeah, he is he is very modest, but he is also really insightful.
4: Yes. Can I throw some love out to Phil Nobile Jr. as well? Since we're talking about like the the members who are not here because I adore Calvin. Um, I think that he is so smart and so insightful, but I also feel the same way about Phil. And I know I've talked about his vocabulary before man has got like a really good vocabulary, but he has so much industry experience and he has such deep insights. I find that oftentimes when he is done speaking, I'm sitting there thinking, huh, Never thought about it in that way. Or I've never put together my thoughts, even if I may have had like an inkling of thought. um, He puts it together in a way that's incredibly profound. And there's always a lot to digest with the way that he comes towards film. Um, And so I think that he is a great person uh, to have on this podcast. And the two of them, were they together on The Family Feud?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
4: Yes. yes. Yeah. They were a scary team
3: because you thought they were going to be the ones to beat. I genuinely,
1: I, I, I said it, I said it to my, my wife before uh, we we recorded. I was genuinely, we're going to lose. I was genuinely, I just said it's it's Phil and Calvin. We're done. Yep. Um. And it was impossible. And she and she genuinely looked at me and just went, "Yeah, you're screwed." And I, just was
4: like, <laughs> <laughs> I like her.
0: To Christmas, mm. other than on Her Majesty's Secret Service, um, if you're feeling festive on Christmas Day and you want to do a Christmas Day Bond movie, what, um, what, on? what would be your choice?
3: <laughs> I
0: think I know where you're going to go, David.
3: <laughs> do you know uh, the other day? I think it was, la- I think it was last Saturday. And um, and my wife said, oh, yeah, let's watch a film tonight. And I said, yeah, "Yeah. should we watch a Bond film? And she said, do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, we didn't. Uh, But, yeah, if if I'm going to go first on this, uh, Bond movie for Christmas Day. uh, God, do you know? I no 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 I, I, no. I am going to go with what you you think. I'm going to go with the man with the golden <laughs> gun. <Yeah. laughs> you're to resist it. Yeah. And you're like no. Well, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking Thunderball because um, I I used to go diving on Boxing Day every year, and uh, it, you need to be pretty uh, hardcore to do it around here because the water's a, a bit icy. But uh, and and so. I was thinking diving, but the the, the diving's nothing like uh, diving in the Bahamas. Although I've never dived there, but uh, the water temperature is a bit different. So I'll go with the man with the golden gun, just because. for me,
1: no time to dive.
3: It's fun, yeah.
1: No, no time. time yeah, to I would love. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if I can't get the man to the man with the golden gun to work, then no time to die.
5: As a backup plan. Yeah. <laughs>
3: better get hacking
1: um (laughs) i'll just throw mine in quick so i can get it out of the way uh i I think it would be a toss-up between um for your eyes only um or oh i don't know hang on i'm just saying i think um spy love me i just think they've got some of that nostalgic uh you know, childhood kind of uh, feeling about them. They're they're the kind of ones that I sort of remember being on the television, yeah. sort of around Christmas time. Maybe because they were I, 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 do, I don't know. Do, do,
3: do you know? It, it's the nostalgia thing that I, I think is why I go for the Man with the Golden Gun because it, 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 yeah. I just relate that so much to my childhood.
1: I don't think, yeah, exa- exactly. Again, maybe, maybe a view to a kill. It's it's certainly a Roger film that I would put on rather than a Sean film or you know one of the mm-hmm. more modern films. I think that they just connect with that like that nostalgic but Christmas kind of holiday feeling for me and familial feeling for me. You know, it's like it it it's not it's the sort of thing that I would watch with my family. Mm-hmm. Rather than just sort of necessarily just on my own as a pick, Um, and I think that one of the 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 uniting films, I suppose, would be Spy Love Me because it's just got that very kind of Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a family film in a lot of ways, and it's you know you do want to punch the air in so many points in it, and it's just sort of stupid fun, really, and and it's it doesn't take itself. Seriously, at any point, and I, I, I and I, for that, I, I think it's a it's a great Christmas movie.
2: You know what? This would be a weird thing, but it's just personal. Would be Diamonds Are Forever because that came out at Christmas in seventy one, right? And I remember like my family were going to do a uh, we're we're going to drive out to Iowa uh, to to uh, meet our grandparents. And so like we, we went to see D- Diamonds Are Forever on the first night in the theater because we're going to like drive out to Iowa the next okay. <laughs> the next day. And so like just for nostalgia, excluding Majesties in terms of a Christmas attitude or feel, I would, I'd pick Diamonds, but strictly personal has nothing to do with the movie itself. It's just because also I was 13 when that movie came out. And when you're 13, it's like, oh, you know, because Majesties came out when I was 11. Oh, I was a kid then. Oh, I'm like much older. It's like, not really, but you think you're older. Um, That movie meant a lot to me. But like, I, and I recognize the flaws, being very clear about that. But strictly for nostalgia purposes, yeah, I might watch Diamonds or Forever. What have you got planned, Lisa?
4: Oh, goodness well, y'all know I love Octopussy, Tomorrow Never Dies, you know, good stuff like that. Um, But, you know, I'd say recently the living daylights has increased in my estimation. And I know I'm bringing up snow and cello sequences, but there's something Mm -hmm. about that that just reminds me of home and just like, you know, waking up on a snowy morning. There's a lot of snowy mornings in Canada and having like those crazy carpets and my brother and I putting on our snowsuits. Or, you know, if I was visiting Canada now, putting my nephews in their snowsuits, grumbling the entire way, zipping them up and going to the park and just playing in the snow. And so I feel as though that is a film that definitely uh, reflects what I'm missing this holiday season. So it's not necessarily a holiday film, but it has the elements that I'm connecting with. But in, if I was there, probably my dad and I would be watching Octopussy or Tomorrow Never Dies because we share a love of Michelle Yeoh, but we also love Roger Moore. So I think it just depends on different contexts. But this year, I think it's going to be, well, it's going to be Wonder Woman, let's be honest. Right. Maybe watching Wonder Woman <laughs> on Christmas Day. Sorry, but it's happening. Um, but as a secondary follow-up chaser, Yeah, most likely the living daylights.
0: Good choice. So my gag answer is license to kill. Because every time you put it on, it's Isthmus time.
4: And there is a
1: lot
0: of snow.
4: Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that
5: answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to go with kind of what Ben said. And like it's nostalgia, like what was on ITV1 at 3.30 after the Queen's Speech or whatever it was. And um, I'm going to go with like either Octopussy or A to Kill. Kill. Yeah. Because mm. they were the two that were kind of in heavy rotation as a kid mm. on TV. So and they're you know they're light hearted and it's a good it's a it's an old fashioned adventure, those, those movies. Mm. So Yeah, and yeah, well, when
3: gonna... you yeah, when, when you get the uh, the tryptophan high from the turkey, you can just doze off and you hardly know you've missed it <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, the good thing about Aviudo Kill is like Roger is running at the pace through that film that you kind of feel like after you've had Christmas dinner. It's like
3: <laughs>
0: genteel, <laughs> it's nice slow pace. Yeah you know you're not exerting yourself too much Yeah, but so the it, music is great the so, music keeps the music going is fantastic.
3: So yeah. every choice here was about nostalgia yep. yeah 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 and because christmas is about nostalgia really
5: mm-hmm. that's right
1: uh, one it's of the things deep one of the things i wanted to to bring up earlier which you know we were talking about the you know why the watch alongs were successful um is partly because I think everyone was so geared up and so ready to see a brand new Bond film, and then they didn't have that. They had that sort of taken away from them. So they were, there was a void that needed to be filled, and so it it was an opportunity for people to look back backwards, I suppose, rather than forwards, and they they did re i mean i think fans were re-watching films more so than they would have done if a new film had come out and so right. that, so the if the the attention was looking backwards and i think what we've seen as a result of not having no time to die come out is is a is a renewed wave of appreciation of the older films and within that a sense of nostalgia that has that has permeated that. So I think that's another, that's another reason why we, we are kind of looking back and being more nostalgic. Mm-hmm.
3: The, the two of the films that are, I missed in, in the watch-alongs were From Russia With Love and I uh, almost said Die Another Day, but no, I didn't mean Die Another Day. I meant um, The Living Daylights and, the, and uh, th- those are two of my, my favourite bonds as well. And uh, and so I don't know. I I, I need to watch them soon because I'm kind of I, I, I I'm i feeling I missed out there.
1: I think it'd be interesting for, for for us to do kind of like the movies that we didn't see or we didn't get an opportunity to do. I, I I'm still burning about not being able to have done Fury's only because that's you know just <laughs> mm-hmm. it's one of my it's one of well it's maybe my favorite uh, Roger, but it does flip flip flop between that and. Uh, um you know viewed to a kill so it's um yeah it would have been one that i would have loved to have done so it'd be interesting to sort of see our insights uh on on the films that we didn't get to see i suppose
0: well when no time today gets delayed again (laughs) we might have have time time go back round two round two redux (laughs) so switching gears um New Year's resolutions, it's kind of a played out trope a little bit, but um, is there something in 2021 that you each kind of want to do in Bondom? Um <laughs> <I, I,
3: laughs>
4: jetpack, jetpack, jetpack.
3: Well, maybe you'll get one for Christmas, Lisa. <laughs> you I,
1: <laughs> I think that having been on this podcast with such accomplished people doing their own things on on the side um it has made me i get a kind of a, a proverbial boot up the ass um to maybe do something uh, for myself I did, do do my own thing on the side i guess with bond um which obviously you know i've been i've been very lucky to be a part of this not just this podcast but to to write for the the website and for for the magazine as well and i I do very much appreciate that but um i think it would be a nice thing to be able to do this year would, would be to to do my own project um whatever that might entail um so that i I can have a better intro
0: when I do these. (laughs) these (laughs) You want to do something so you can plug something.
1: Um, I just, I would like to sort of, I guess, um, stand a bit more shoulder to shoulder with my uh, fellow um, podcasters. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm not going to get a doctorate anytime soon, but maybe if I I write something more substantial, um, that might, that might be be something.
0: So something bonding on my own. Write a book. Write a book, perhaps, yeah. Anyone else got any plans for the new year? Well, all 2021 goals.
1: Thanks for the words of encouragement, everybody. That was uh, (laughs) (laughs) really really affirming and warming. you can do it.
4: <laughs> but I feel like my objective is always the, is is the opposite of what you just said. Like my objective every year is to do less work. Like that's an actual <laughs> tangible goal that I set for myself. And I already know that I'm not going to do it. So um, I'm going to remain committed to, I have to do research for my job. So, I mean, that's something Ben though. Like I I have to write books for my job. So I mean that's there's there's a different connection there and there's a different motivation. Like it's publisher parish and I, I like being gainfully employed at the University of Oklahoma. Um, but I plan on doing just as I'm open to collaboration. And I'm very excited for what the new year has for me with engaging with other people and having great conversations and working on collaborative projects. And sometimes that means not being asked, but being the person who has to come up with the original ideas and going out and like encouraging people to, that's basically been my entire career. I was like, Hey, you want to work on this? No. Okay. Do you want to work on this? Okay. No. And just throwing out as much stuff as you can find. And you will find the people that you can connect with and the projects that are going to that are going to work. So my goal is to do less work, but let's be honest, I'm probably going to do more work. So yeah, I suck at these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad.
3: How about you, Derek? Well, if you keep inviting me back to the podcast, I'll, uh, I'll be happy to do that. Uh, otherwise, I'll <laughs> otherwise my wife will have to put up with me every Friday night. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, god uh I, I don't have any new year's resolutions i don't think uh i gave up i gave up making a new year's resolutions a few years ago because uh because i never followed <laughs> through so there was no point yeah, yeah, and, uh,
5: yeah.
3: uh so let's let me think uh I reckon my New Year's resolution for 2021 is to su- survive to 2020 tw-
4: 2022. But you always say you don't
0: keep them. <laughs>
3: oh, shit. Why are
0: you doing
5: this, David. <laughs>
3: okay, no, oh, this is us, this David? Is, this, is this is what I intend to stick to. Yes, thank you for pointing out the error of that, though. Oh, no. <laughs>
4: Like maybe come up with a James Bond cocktail or something like. Right. No so otherwise,
0: we're really honored that this was your last appearance. David. <laughs> 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 oh my god!
4: <laughs> Alrighty then.
3: You had How about first. you, Bill?
2: Uh, you know what? Just trying to keep making sense of the weird world of james bond because we have a situation where bond's home studio might get sold in the new year um we don't really know i mean technically there's a release date for no time to die but we'll see if that happens just kind of like came a track at all yeah <laughs> i'm skeptical myself just to be clear but yes uh just trying to keep track of all that stuff, that, that's kind of enough.
3: <laughs> Bill, you said getting to grips with the weird world of James Bond, but what you really meant is getting to grips with the weird world.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to break it into actionable parts. You know? there, there's maybe, a lot of weird world stuff. Maybe seeing a an end to the timeline. In <laughs> that would be great. Oh yeah, if I could like sign off and say the end.
5: <laughs> the Never. Bond 25
2: timeline will not return. <laughs> um, can I make a one real quick observation? I think for many years, I think James Bond fandom has like been split up into bubbles and mm-hmm. there wasn't like that much communication between the various bubbles and I think now in the because podcasts and other things, I think that's breaking down a bit. And I think people are being exposed to different views. Some react, take it very well, some not so well. Um, but I think there's a lot of changes because of technology and whatever. So um, we'll see how that goes in the coming years.
0: Absolutely. I think it was- one episode we did this year where we had somebody in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties on it at the same time. Oh, who could do Just that? Pretty that the guys. It's the sixties <laughs> <60s> guys. <laughs> <laughs>
5: um,
0: so on that note, I think good good way to end it, Bill, and um, an uplifting note. And I think as you as you said, there's some people have gone on some journeys this year, haven't they? Um, in the fan community, myself included. Ooh. So. Um, I'd love to thank all of you for everything you did with us this year. It's been a joy to get to know you better and hang out. And as you said, David, earlier, this thing we do on Fridays is the only fixed appointment in my weekly calendar.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the thing I look forward to the most a week. Um, so thanks y'all. And hopefully you, 2021 will bring us, hopefully 2021 will bring us some new Bond stuff. If, even if it's not a movie, we'll get some yeah. other stuff.
1: It's yeah. to that. All
0: right. Have a good christmas and new year guys and we'll see you on the other side
3: yeah. happy, holidays. happy holidays same to you wow. james and same to all our listeners
2: absolutely take care take care everybody
5: Bye. the time has come to end this journey this danger's hanging in the air i can feel the page just turning And I can feel the end is near. The dark is closing. and time is passing Fear is written everywhere No one knows where this is ending The final fate is still unclear The dark